Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about our beloved series, Star Trek. You are listening to a previously recorded conversation. can't believe you guys did a measure of a man without me. I'm so sorry. And we're on the air. <laughs> but that's a good thing. I, we, we truly are sorry. Starfleet boy, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, things happen. And right, you go through a wormhole okay. or a time yeah. distortion, and it's just the way it is. <laughs> but you're here now to do yeah. the awesome episode where the Enterprise gets a virus. It does. A computer virus. A computer virus. Even in the future, uh, computer viruses can happen. Uh, and we're going to talk a lot about that. I think I have a lot of questions. Do you do anything with computers at all? Do you know about computers? I mean, not really. But I mean, you can't okay, live I... in this day and age and not know nothing about computers. Yeah. That's true. I know like a lot of things about computers, but not enough to be like a master. Mm-hmm level computer person but <laughs> but i but i did work for the uh the fruit company for six years and you oh. know yeah so it's it's not and like the same and like the genius bar right no no i was actually uh uh an assistant store manager and huh. uh but i i could have gone the genius track i had a choice and i chose to go you customer. chose management <laughs> <laughs> well the reason I chose management is because at the Apple store, this is funny that we're talking about this. <laughs> at the Apple store, I felt um, the experiences I wanted were uh, customer facing, like more, more like solving their solution needs, you know, like, oh, I need to outfit like my whole entire uh, design studio with computers or my audio studio. So I really enjoyed that part of it. And so as a manager, mm-hmm. you still got to be on the sales floor and, you know, work with the sales team. And uh, I happen to be a really good salesperson. I was hey, the hey. one. <laughs> no surprise there. Starfleet Boy is an amazing salesperson. <laughs> 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 but I, I happen to be an amazing salesperson. And so I chose the the sales route. But I often was behind the Genius Bar uh, helping and learning from the insanely intelligent Mac geniuses that were Oh, I have, well, I have a... Actually, this is a... a pretty fitting story I have so I had a like first generation MacBook Pro right Mm -hmm. like I bought like my laptop was one of the like you know the first runs you know so it was kind of like wonky a little bit but it still worked fine um and I had it out and my cat knocked over a glass of water (laughs) onto the keyboard and I was like oh so I took it in and they're like, oh, it's going to be like, I don't remember how much it was, like $1,300 or something to get it fixed. Oh, my gosh. It's like, like a, a new computer almost. Right. right? I'm <laughs> like, okay. Huh. 
So I get it fixed and I come back and I pay for it and I'm like, you know, what was wrong with it? You know, like, cause I'm pretty handy. Like I build PCs all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, was it something I could have just done myself? And the guy that was helping me, like, just looks at me like I'm insane. And he starts <laughs> busting up and he's like, hey, hey, Bill, hey, Linda, come over here. This guy, oh, wait, the, I, was, I was like, what's wrong with it? And they're like, oh, we had to replace the logic board. I'm like, logic board? Was it like the motherboard or something? And then I'm like, that sounds like something I could have just done myself. And then he called people over and they're all just laughing at me because I thought, Are I, you could, because I, thought I could change a logic board. This is in Los Angeles? Yeah. Oh, wow. If I knew, if Apple heard about this, I hope you wrote a letter because no, no, no. I, I just thought it was funny. You. I was like, <laughs> no, okay. <that's, laughs> That's totally, uh, you know, I no longer work for Apple, uh, so my opinions are my own. I don't represent Apple right. computers. I just want to say this. But in my day, I don't know if standards have changed, mm-hmm. but in my day, that would be completely unacceptable. In fact, we probably would have had to have, you know, comped out your repair had you complained. So you should have complained. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was funny that they were giving me a hard time about... Wondering if I could change the logic board myself. Un- unacceptable. Were I the manager at that Apple store, I assure you that those uh, those employees would have been disciplined appropriately <laughs> and uh, and court-martialed. So <laughs> I apologize that you had that experience. Ah, I'm going to be sorry about it. It was funny. It was a good story. <laughs> now, yeah. the Enterprise has a virus. Ah. <laughs> I'm going to do my short, my short summary of the episode, and then we'll jump right into episode cool. discussion. But awesome uh, uh just riles me up the apple <laughs> i'm gonna have to go in and find out who those people were now. this was years ago so starfleet. who knows where they are i think of apple as like starfleet there i still have connections in the admiralty i'll be able to find out you know all right it's like <laughs> no i'm just kidding I, i'm not gonna do anything about it but i wish Obviously i could not <laughs> <laughs> um so the enterprise gets a distress call from the USS Yamato, which we also saw in a previous episode uh, the sil- where Silence has lease when the Enterprise gets caught up with Nagilam, He uses the Yamato to kind of play some tricks on them, which are an interesting parallel to this episode. But anyways, um, <clears throat> in this episode, uh, they go to uh, the USS Yamato's location, which is in the neutral zone. Um, it well within the neutral zone, which is a violation of lots and lots of treaties. But um, the captain of the Yamato um, sent out a distress signal because his ship stopped working. There were some catastrophic uh, failures occurring, and uh, the ship's systems were just not responding. So he was hoping that the Enterprise, which was nearby, lucky enough, um, uh, and their crew could help them to overcome some of their technical problems but unfortunately during the shortly after they meet up with the Yamato uh, something terrible starts happening and the Yamato explodes and it's kind of horrifying everyone's like what the F just happened and then a Romulan warbird decloaks right when that happens and so everyone on the crew thinks that maybe the Romulan warbird was responsible for the uh, explosion the Romulans sent a very stern warning to Captain Picard, but he stands his ground and he's like, I'm not leaving until I'm satisfied as to what caused the destruction of the Yamato. So unbeknownst to Captain Picard, the Romulan vessel was probably experiencing some similar problems. 
they'll find that out later. But in the meantime, they're all a little scared and freaked out because the Romulans are threatening to uh, start a war, and uh, Captain Picard really needs to find out what's wrong with what happened to cause the destruction of the Yamato. Well, it's determined that it was an internal problem. Uh, Jordi and Data do the do the uh, necessary uh, research and, and anal- analysis to support that. And they discover that it's probably something, uh, some, you know, like these things probably wouldn't happen, but it was just like a series of events that occurred and the Yamato exploded. Meanwhile, the Enterprise starts exhibiting a few little weird glitches as well, like the door is not opening or in one scene, Captain Picard uh, orders his tea and he gets like a plant <laughs> which is a pretty funny scene. Um, so then it's discovered now that the Enterprise is plagued with the same problems, and through some investigation, um, they learn that it's a virus. Now, the virus, how did it arrive? Well, uh, Captain Picard's interest in the whole situation is peaked even more because the captain of the Yamato claimed that he had discovered uh, the homeworld of the Iconians. Am I saying it right? Is the Iconians? I think so. I think it's the Iconians. Weren't, weren't you paying attention? No, I'm just kidding. No, it was, they would say it so fast, and I was like, what are they, what are they the saying? The Iconians. Like, yeah, no, I kind yeah. of forgot, too. But I think it is the Iconians, and the Iconians are like an ancient, super, super ancient advanced civilization that has been uh, lost into legend. It's kind of like what the Time Lords are like in Doctor Who, the new Doctor Who. There was a time war, they're gone, and we only know about them through legend and like a few little glimpses here and there. The Iconians uh, have vanished uh, from history. I'm having a sip. (laughs) (laughs) This is a Starfleet Boy After Dark episode, so Mm. we have, you know, some adult beverages that we can consume. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, um, all of this is happening, and uh, so Data, Picard, and Worf decide to beam down to the planet Meanwhile, above the planet, Riker, who's in command, is faced again with the Romulan ship. There's, like, some tension there. Uh, And then they discover, at this point, finally, that the Romulans are suffering from the same problem. But the Romulans are pretty stubborn and probably won't uh, accept their help. Anyways, uh, when they get to the Iconian kind of station, which we find out is a transporter pad, they're able to kind of loosely decipher the language and when Data thinks he's a- activating an override, he instead activates this portal. And we find out that the way that the Iconians tra- traveled through space was through these like dimensional, or sorry, rather I should say trans space uh, portals, portals that they can yeah. create doorways. Yeah, using doorways, through, you know, using energy. And they could travel anywhere in space. I'm not sure if you can travel in time, but definitely anywhere in space. <laughs> um, Captain Picard uh, realizes that the Iconians um, must have survived in this way and maybe they're still spread throughout the uh galaxy as far as i know we never talk about the iconians again on star trek but pretty interesting uh they they make it back to the ship uh wharf and data and then captain picard has to take a chance before um he he you know he overrides uh some systems and causes like a chain reaction because the probes can't launch and so he has to jump through one of the doors and he ends up on the Raman ship and there's a great scene where the uh, Ramones are about to arrest him, and then he he's beamed out miraculously right in time, and he says, "Not today, Commander." Um, and I think that just about covers it. That's the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, sounds sounds about right. Sounds right. All right, cool. So, 
I what mean, did you, you get in the, the part where uh, Data gets zapped and, you know, that's the, and then his his internal system purges the uh, Oh, yeah, that's virus, how they solve the and virus. And that's how they solve the virus problem. Thank you. Yeah. That's an important part. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just funny. So, it's just like, uh, turn it off and then turn it back on. Okay. Like, that, that's, that's, that's how true. you fix the virus. Okay, cool. I, so I don't know um, about you, but every virus... Well, I'm a Mac user, so I've never actually had a virus that oh. I know of on my computer. <laughs> there were Mac viruses. There, were, there are some. I'm but. sure, but, you know, I just personally have never... I've been lucky I've never had a virus. But um, I know that in the PC world, you get viruses all the time. How mm. does your computer... The reason I was asking about computers earlier is how does your computer get rid of a virus? Like, what does it do? Well, just... You know, I mean, just the virus detection software and, like, spy. So, like, do you have Nor- Norton or John McAfee? No, I don't have any of that stuff anymore. That stuff is, honestly, like, McAfee or Norton is just, like, spyware now. Oh. Like, within the last, like, five or six years, like, sure, I'm sure it works, but, like, Windows uh, firewall protection is so good now that unless you're, like, doing some really dumb stuff, you won't get a virus on your computer. Oh, like, okay, it's cool. solid now. Is so. dumb stuff like visiting like naughty adult websites and things like that? Is that like the kind of dumb stuff that, that gives or you like downloading torrent <laughs> stuff? Yeah. You know? Oh, torrents. Yeah. Right. Which is cool, but you know, like you're gonna ruin your computer if you do that. So. Yeah, I think that's true for Macs too, actually, because I remember uh, going back to the Apple Store days. The biggest cause of uh, not viruses on a Mac, but just problems in general. Probably, I do know that you can't get a virus per se, but you can still get things like malware and mm-hmm. spyware because um, the way so the way it works on a Macintosh um, system, which is based on Unix, uh, for our audience, I, I'm sure you you might already know this, but um, is that uh, it's all permission based. So like if uh, the way uh, the the way the Iconian virus had to get on to the Yamato was that it had to somehow have a way into the Yamato. It's clear that Starfleet computers are running on Windows because this uh, Iconian <laughs> software <laughs> this Iconian software was able to get in without anyone authorizing it. But on a Mac, Captain Picard would get an alert if the enterprise computers were Mac-based. Captain Picard would get an alert, and it would say, uh, a foreign uh, software wants permission to install on your... That's computer's true. database and then, <laughs> and then and then Captain Picard would be like what no and that's the end of the virus you know like mm-hmm. so we've established that the <laughs> Star- <laughs> Starfleet computers are, are are possibly running on Windows we need to get that change hopefully in Star Trek Discovery uh, maybe I don't know that's actually it's set in the past so it's definitely going to be like DOS or something right but <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah. Anyways, the, this is how viruses work on computers, and it's very similar in the future. I don't think it's changed. Obviously, my sim- oversimplification is probably nowhere near uh, as accurate as how the enterprise computer works. I mean, it is like one of the most advanced uh, computers. And I really love that one scene where they're like, you know, Captain Picard. They tell Captain Picard how the Yamato systems failed, and he's like, "Impossible. That can't happen." Right. You know, it's like... Uh, and then Jory, so, what did Jory say? He's like, oh, no, it's possible. It's just a like highly unlikely 
highly unlikely. And it's true. It's like the he, you know, someone else. I forget if it was Picard or whoever, but someone says that, um, you know, the the Enterprise is probably the most. Oh, it was Jordy. He says like the Enterprise is the most sophisticated machine that's ever been built in in like Federation. Um, uh, history mm-hmm. and and let's think about that for a second it's it's a pretty awesome achievement like you know the enterprise is pretty freaking amazing and it's the like it, the galaxy class is like the newest most advanced you know most amazing ship and that was a first on the next generation i remember in the original series the 1701 was relatively new but it had been in service for quite a while it wasn't like brand spanking new right. like the enterprise d was um like brand new ship brand new crew yeah brand new ship but brand new class of ship too the galaxy class starship was introduced as well with uh this show so anyways i did notice that the the yamato had some interesting differences i don't know if those were like computer panels that they pulled out because they were working on them but did you notice like the circuitry thing like Mm -hmm. the shot of the captain was his name donald i think he just calls him like donald and it, well, it's first name, but I can't remember. Let me see. Let's check the IMDb. But anyways, that scene that you were talking about. Um, like where they're chatting abs- when, they, when they first like come up on each other. And he's telling him be... about the uh, Iconian, you know. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. So that's the scene that I'm talking about with all that stuff in the background. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, what is all that stuff? Hold on. It was Captain... Why won't IMDb tell me? I'm going to not, not, I'm going to have to get a new uh, glasses prescription because. (laughs) I think IMDb IMDb font is pretty small, so. Well, I'm also looking at it on a tiny pad, which also, by the way, this is something that Star Trek basically invented on the next generation. They use pads all the time and. You know, talking about how technology is headed in that direction. Okay, so we don't. I don't know if I have the right episode up. Do I? Contagion yet? Oh, Captain Donald Varley. Varley. Okay. Captain Varley. So Donald. And he probably Varley. says it like in the intro or something, but then after. Captain that, Varley. Calls him Donald because they're old old pals. <laughs> they are old pals, and that's cool because we get a little bit more of Captain Picard's uh, past in this episode, and um, you can see that Captain Varley shares a similar interest in archaeology as Captain Picard does. It's like, you know, I bet they both had that same professor that we meet later, Professor Galen, um, in Star Trek The Next Generation, who was uh, Picard's mentor and who Picard let down because he chose to, like <laughs> like me, instead of becoming a genius, I chose to become a manager. <laughs> <laughs> captain Picard, uh, instead of becoming an archaeologist, uh, chose to become a captain, and that's a problem with Galen that, that we get later on, which is going to be a, a fun episode. But this is kind of like opening the door for more episodes about Picard and archaeology and later we'll yeah. meet Bosch and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> what did you think of the uh, remastered special effects? Do you remember the original special effects for this episode, first of all? No, but I watched it not on like my laptop, but I have like a 45-inch 4K like Samsung TV. And mm-hmm. it looks kind of bad. Like, there were definitely scenes where it still looked super fuzzy. 
Like Oh really? Yeah. <clears throat> Were you watching it using Netflix? Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. And I mean they show the remastered ones, right? They do, but I understand from Galdu Scott, who's a Cardassian, it's, for some reason, Cardassians seem to have these large screens in their home. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. <laughs> well, my, my um, TV's not that big, you know, for TV well, I know, size but according, now, you know? according to him, if you're going to watch the remastered stuff on anything bigger than a laptop screen, if I'm not mistaken, he said something like this, uh, that it has to be from the Blu-ray. Oh, okay. Because sometimes the bandwidth or something like that, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure... I'm always watching it on a on an iPad screen. I just have this little tiny screen, and it looks pretty good. But I will say there is some controversy because the doctor thought that this, or he read that this season is produced by a different uh, visual effects company, company the yeah. remastering. I just and heard he the noted, last episode, yeah, and you guys yeah, were talking he, about that. I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, that makes sense. It doesn't look as good. Yeah, so I I do not think that that's like something that um it's kind of tough because when the Yamato exploded it looked very like crisp like the effects were decent um as far as crispness not fuzziness Mm -hmm. but they just I would just wish if they remastered it that they would have made it more realistic like it still looks kind of it it looks kind of wonky wonky yeah like it they could have had like the ship kind of destroy itself a little more right. majestically or like you know something I don't know could it just <laughs> a little more of a majestic explosion guys <laughs> <laughs> the beautiful thing about remastering though is that they have these uh, they have the chance to always kind of go like how George Lucas keeps going back or used to keep going back to Star Wars and doing little tweaks here and there um, it's just terrible for the consumer because we have to, that means we have to like chilling out more, money more money. Yeah. I actually prefer I, like the original. You mean like, like nothing, just no remastering, no remastering whatsoever, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a cool thing. I, I know there's some purists out there. I, on the other hand, like am all about remastering, but, but like if you're going to do it, I want it to be done like where it's like amazing and that mm-hmm. you're, and I did notice that some of the, the the things in this episode and a couple recent things like I was talking about in a future episode, uh, but passed from this one because <laughs> we're timing <laughs> and pre-recorded. Um, but in a future episode from the one you saw, we talk about how like the Klingon ship in another episode doesn't really look uh, like what I expected it to look like mm-hmm. in terms of the CG, the remastered CG. So yeah, there are some problems in season two, but it doesn't affect the overall enjoyment. I nah, don't it's think. Still good. Like, whatever. Yeah. I'd watch it if it was like old school, you know, 1989 quality. But yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you on that. The remastered uh, stuff is just like bonus. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Totally. Totally. Um, let's see what else about this episode was cool. I like the scene where Dr. Pulaski is, um, in sick bay with some of oh, her she's other, like, she's like bitching to the like Asian <laughs> dude. Like she's just standing next to that Asian guy and she's like, blah, 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 blah. And he's just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then she is talking to someone and like, she leaves that dude and is still complaining. You know, like, I'm like, well, that's a random scene, but whatever. I don't I don't remember that scene. Yeah, but it's the like scene... it goes from that to like the dude on the bio bed where she's like, make a oh, brace for his leg. Yeah, right. Splint. Okay, so that's the part. Oh, my poor little brain didn't catch everything. But like the part <laughs> that I remember, uh, the part that I definitely remember uh, that stood out was the splint 
scene where she's like, you know, explain. And he's like, "What's a splint?" You know, he's like, he's never heard of that. And she's like, "It's good old fashioned medicine." And I feel that's like anybody kind of, would know because that guy was like a nurse or another doctor, right? Like the dude that. But was think about it. You rely on this technology that works like, like. 150% of the time. I mean, like, the technology in Star Wars... I mean, Star Wars, Star Trek... <laughs> <laughs> whoops! Star, Star Wars technology is different if you go by the Millennium Falcon. But <laughs> but in Star Trek, um, at least on the Enterprise, and, and you know, so far, like, have, I've never seen a tricorder fail or a medical well, instrument. Well, they set up, like, dampening fields and stuff. Like, where... Right, but, like... But like a medical instrument too, I've never seen it fail. But in this case, since all of those things communicate with the Enterprise's computer, it's kind of like, it's kind of cool because the Enterprise has like a little internet. Like you know, all these devices are are smart devices. Like you have to right. imagine that you know. So they're like completely connected to the computer, and they're not working. So you can't heal like bones and things like that in the old way. So she's like totally like, uh, she's a little annoyed that this technician doesn't know well he she should be that because he should know like gee but i think it's not his fault i mean like who you know who who has time for that if you know like in the future technology just works (laughs) i see your point but it but it is good to have uh some old-fashioned you know people well she's an old-fashioned gal yeah, she totally is. Yeah. So it's good to have her there. And that's why she's the chief of uh, of the ship's medical department. I mean, obviously, she has the most knowledge. So it's kind of a cool, cool thing, you know? I thought that I've, I'm surprised you didn't notice that scene where she's, like, complaining about how everything's no, broken. Um, and she's, like, I mean, <laughs> she's, it's shot like she's talking to the guy. But then, like, midway through, she just walks away from him and she's still complaining. And the guy oh, just weird. stands there, like, hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I I watched the first half of this episode um, last night, and I think I started to drift into sleep. So that must have been the point because what I do, what I remember, is kind of like vaguely just that, and that's when I was like, oh, I better finish watching this episode tomorrow. I like I didn't actually fall asleep, but my brain was probably not functioning. <laughs> what What did you think of uh, Jordy and the turbo lift? What do you think of that? Oh, that was a, <laughs> that was pretty great. I liked how he was being tossed around. It was like pretty cheesy, right? And like right. then it spits him out into onto the bridge, and he's all like shaken up and everything. But I did like it. I thought that was cool because yeah. it showed like how much torque and power these uh, turbo lifts well, actually like, do have. The, do the turbo? I always assume the turbo lifts just kind of went up and down. I, do they go side no, to side too? They can go in, in any direction that there's a track and they kind of, uh, you can imagine that they kind of like um, either use, an, you know, some sort of anti-magnetism to mm-hmm. travel or some kind of like, or like the turbo lift chamber is filled with like, um, you know, ma- the, you know what they're probably like the turbo lift is like an omnidirectional hyperloop. That's right. what you got to kind of imagine. Okay. More Star Makes Trek sense. inspired technology. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that we're doing today is inspired by Star Trek. That's Pretty the point of, of this. <laughs> I think that was the point of this episode without even realizing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also like the... Uh, the fact that we saw Romulans this episode, yeah. to me, that was pretty exciting. I like the Romulan commander. I like how the bridge um, seemed like much kind of different. It's like Romulans don't seem to sit down. <laughs> uh, 
um, like they do on the Enterprise. So that was kind of an interesting thing. And then um, I liked how the Romulans are always kind of messing around with the Federation. Well, I guess they have to. I mean, they're not exactly friendly with one another. Right. Um, but it's, you know, kind of echoes that phrase, you know, it's always a game of chess with the Romulans. So that was cool. Um, let's see what else. The Iconian technology was impressive to me what about to you except i don't know about how i felt about the probe that looked just like kind of like a a really like a weird probe like a weird (laughs) globe or something like yeah but i guess i guess if you're gonna make something that's like more technologically advanced than what we see on star trek it has to seem like abstract and magical to a degree no i mean the probe was fine it was fine i guess so i thought at first i I thought, thought like, it the, was just very eighties, like how he <laughs> started the uh, launch sequence for the probes, and then kept the doors closed. Was like he was playing Simon. Boop, 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 mm. boop, boop. Like it was just like three big buttons. Like that's that's it. You know, like three big buttons. That's it's all true. you need. Yeah, good. But let's. But. Mr. Sater, if I may, uh, yeah, <laughs> if I may, sh- inter- if I may go into some headcanon here, uh, I'm going to pull from uh, Doctor Who again. Have you ever noticed how like the TARDIS doesn't really visually make any sense? Have, do you watch Doctor Who at all? No. Okay. Then this is for the benefit of the audience, <laughs> but I'm going to explain it to you. For those of you who are Whovians, and for those of you who are not, like the TARDIS control is just like a bunch of random things. It might be like a bell. It might be like a keyboard that looks like this. It might mm-hmm. be like a um, a lever or a button or a switch, but it's kind of all just random. The doctor somehow knows um, what to do just by his intention. So the TARDIS is kind of psychically connected to the doctor, right? Right. Well, if you could create an interface that was somewhat psychically connected to you, you would need fewer buttons or larger buttons because you could just press a button with a different intention and that would create a different result. So, like that—that's maybe why their their control <laughs> pad. And also, well, if maybe I may, so, but I mean, like, how could <laughs> that control pad psychically link with a human? You know, like. Well, I'm not just kidding when I tell you that I think the Iconians are the Time Lords because <laughs> if you look at the if you look at the um, control pad and the whole like configuration it's very much the same as what a tardis looks like uh the little the little control like a phone booth or something or well no but the inside so i'm gonna give you some homework yeah i'm gonna give you some homework i'm gonna have you look remember the iconian control room right Mm -hmm. like their transporter room or their time travel not time travel but like their travel room right? right and then look up on doctor who the tardis console okay and look up like the classic series console. It's a little bit more uh, clean and interesting, like the like in the way that the Iconian uh, thing is. And you will see that I might be correct in my in my in my conjecture <laughs> oh, yeah. here. Okay, I'm looking at it that, right now. <laughs> oh, you're gonna it, look it up right it now, looks, real time. <laughs> it looks almost exactly like it. Right, like the so, set yes. designers for that episode. So yeah, much Doctor. Copied it. Doctor Who connection, and now I just want you to know that earlier in the episode you were like, "Man, I can't believe you guys recorded Measure of a Man Without Me." Well, the Doctor is going to be very jealous that we talked about an episode that directly relates to the Time Lords. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are even there. <laughs> um, 
and Goldie Scott might also too. So he's he's very busy doing taxes for the Cardassians. Mm. Uh, he might be doing your taxes, yeah. uh, Mr. Sater. I, I don't know. I don't know if you're a, a client of Goldie Scott's. No, I, I do my own. <laughs> okay, very good. <laughs> but anyways, that's that was one thing that I thought was really an interesting kind of, you know, I don't know if it was intentional. There was a planned, at one point, uh, while the next generation, it might have even been this season. Um, this is where the doctor would know better than I. Um, but at one point, there was kind of like a loose plan or talk of doing a Doctor Who Star Trek crossover. Mm-hmm. And I've heard you guys fa- talk, about, talk about it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's definitely something that, like, I think the two shows uh, flirt with each other and pretend, like, flirt that they're in the same continuity or the same universe so it's kind of a fun a fun doctor who star trek thing (laughs) the console is very similar i'll I'll give you that (laughs) excellent what else can we talk about this episode i can't think Um, of much where jordy or no where data gets zapped oh yeah what did you think of all that (laughs) that was that was great it's a great time he's all twitching out i think brent spiner does this kind of like interesting thing though uh several times he he does this like slower speaking data and i i think i've heard it this might be the first time we hear it it's like he's like captain do right this. like it's, you it's know, kind like, of a more robot voice then and, and i think it, it also like tugs at your heartstrings a little because you're like oh no data's like damaged or something well he, apparently he <laughs> dies Oh in yeah, the, that's in right. The, in the show too, like, and he reboots. He's, like, he's gone, and Jordy like closes his eyes. I'm all, that's oh. right. Oh my god, knowing <laughs> nothing. Yeah. But then he reboots. That's but right. They, uh, but then he reboots, and the virus is gone, and Jordy's <laughs> like, "Hot damn, that's a ticket." There were a few like little lucky moments like that. Like for example, when the Romulan ship um, decloaks, and they're kind of standing off. Oh and yeah, she's... and they couldn't. They couldn't. Uh, shoot the photon torpedoes or whatever they're well yeah they just were having problems and then um the Ramian commander is like you know we're claiming this um planet for the Ramian empire and you know they're about to have a standoff and then all of a sudden Riker realizes oh you know they're having the same problems because their ship has like you know the signal cuts off and it cloaks and then decloaks and it's like doing erratic things um so that was like another lucky moment for the Enterprise because they could have been under attack. Right. And um, I like the thing he says, like, fi- you know, fate, um, it, you know, kind of it, it always helps like it, the unfortunate protects, children and, what was it? Children's and starships fools <laughs> and starships named Enterprise. Yeah, that one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that scene also, which I, I noticed um, where the Romulan sub commander, whatever her name was. Was talking trash. She's like, "I'm gonna kill you guys" or whatever. <laughs> and who was who was behind the console? I don't think it was Worf. No, because Worf was on the planet. Yeah, maybe it was it like it was a oh it was like lead? a oh no it was no. like some chick with a crazy hairdo. That's yeah, it was like, I remember. It was yeah. another security officer. Mm-hmm. I can't She's remember like, oh, her name. Oh, they're firing! And if you look, <laughs> Deanna, 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 uh, grabs. Riker's like arm like oh my gosh I totally missed that like she's like (laughs) and it's only for like a second and I was like oh snap 
And like I saw her for like a second, and then when they realize something happens, she's all mm, and like sits back. Like I'm chill. Well, I thought that you know that's a really interesting thing, and I totally missed that. I can't believe it. I have to. You're really sharp-eyed. You're an eagle. I'm calling <laughs> you Miss Mr. Eagle Eye over here. That is a good moment because it plays into like the next moment where after the the warbird cloaks again and Riker's kind of like um he's like you know asking counselor Troy like what's the condition of the crew and she's like oh they're really tense you know and he's like well what should we do they need something to do so he's like why don't you have everyone start preparing for uh evacuation mm-hmm. you know and it's a good it's a good right. move cuz you never know right. you know it could happen or whatever but like i thought that was a moment where like she's like but what will you do and he's like right now it, you know, you're needed for everyone else. And so he kind of like, you know, he kind of like gives Counselor Troy something, you know, to do that'll keep both her and the ship calm because right. she's really tuned into the state of the ship. And so her emotions are sometimes reflective of the state of the whole ship, which is a cool, cool thing. And I think uh, I'm arguing that that's one of the reasons why Counselor Troy and having an empath on board is like a really good thing to help you like kind of make decisions on the ship and stuff like that you know yeah to keep a happy ship basically <laughs> yeah, well, i always thought her character was interesting like she added some some cool stuff sometimes and she wore tight suits and had big boobs so you know <laughs> that's very important and i guess i kind of like wish that there was a much fitter <laughs> although <laughs> A fitter male character. Although Captain Picard's pretty freaking sexy, I have yeah. to say. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, this comes up a lot, too, because Counselor Troy doesn't really wear a uniform. She's wearing, like, a kind yeah, of... Do they a ever very... explain that? Like, I was trying to... I was, like, racking my brain, like, I why think so, she but... just, she's just too cool to I don't wear a uniform? You know, I have a, I have a feeling this comes up in Star Trek no, The Next Generation. It comes up, feel... but it's, like, reverse. Like, they never say why she was allowed to wear what she wore but they like some other captain comes on and is like you better put on a uniform you know oh, like i don't know what this right. is you know like is it it's it's gonna be in season three isn't it it's commander shelby and that the, yeah oh, that that's guy. right it's yeah. during the the board thing mm-hmm. well i you know uh, personally i think that like i do you know i do think it's cool that uh counselor troy will wear a uniform later on um, as for why she wears like these like really comfortable and you know kind of uh, form fitting uh, <laughs> outfits at the moment, you know I don't know, but like I have to assume as a as a you know kind of a a humanist and someone who believes that Star Trek shows like the best of humanity, mm-hmm. I have to assume that she's no one gives a shit like in the future it's just like not a thing. No one stares at women's boobs in a sexual no. way. Yes, I think no. that like humans. I think that humans, human men have evolved so that they're very, like, different from how we are today. And while they may have sexualized thoughts of of human women, Mm -hmm. uh, they've learned how to, like, you know, be, uh, how to control those thoughts, you know, and sort of kind of like, you know, I don't know, though. That's that's yet to be seen. I agree that it's not, you know, like, she's not walking down the corridors and homeboys aren't, like looking so hard they straight hit the curb you know like when she walks <laughs> what does by. that mean wow <laughs> you know like totally rubbernecking like oh, oh gotcha you know like i so i agree with you to, in that aspect but yeah i, mean, I never just look see at characters like barkley you know like he's super horny. he's 
like <laughs> horn dog number one with his hollow program and but he's very appropriate around counselor troy it's only in the hollow program where he acts out like no, these, right, like, right, these right. fantasies you mm-hmm. know and i think that's the difference is that like you know and maybe that's something that is going to change and I for feel like humans Worf probably teched her out a couple times too like walking by <laughs> I mean, they do end up together, so I'm I'm not going to dispute what you're saying. I mean, he definitely is attracted to her, and Counselor Troy is attracted. There's nothing. I'm not saying that you know that can't be acknowledged, but it just seems to me like in the Star Trek future, men don't even. It's just like I never see Commander Riker staring at Counselor Troy's boobs, or you know, I never see any of that stuff. As a matter of fact, like the. <laughs> The only episodes where I remember any kind of objectification occurring are like, which I love because it's kind of flipping the message on its head and like kind of showing men what it feels like Mm -hmm. is like later on. I think some of the women on Star Trek do objectify women, uh, objectify men. And there's like an example, I think sort of in the uh, episode where Riker dresses up in that native garb in last season, you know, on a uh, angel one. Right, right. And they, they, you know, Tasha kind of laughs at him, but she's also like, tiger, right. you know, or whatever. Like, and also the women on that planet were like very like chauvinistic in the same way that men mm-hmm. on our planet are, you know, so, or can be, which, you know, again, my argument is that like in, in the future, human men are much more, uh, at peace with their sexual fantasies and desires than we are today. And I'm just as guilty on the well, gay end I mean, as any straight man. When you can walk but I have into to a work holo, hard, holo, you know, <laughs> and have whatever you want whenever you want. I mean, that right there would probably say any anybody's, uh, you know, weird desires, right? <laughs> <laughs> For lack of a better word. <laughs> yep. But so we're kind I of think far that, off topic on this one, so. No, I think that's actually quite relevant, and I do think I'm going to appeal to the um, engineering and scientific community, make Hollow Suites real so that yes. we we can start having people, uh, you know... Wear form-fitting f- outfits. <laughs> <laughs> Freely, without worrying about objectification and, uh, and uh, catcalling and all that stuff. Because we can get it out of our systems in the hall suite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, it's, that, was, that was cool. Um, okay, so I guess, you know, I guess, uh, do you have anything else to add? Because I'm, I'm ready to rate this episode. Hmm. I feel like... I feel like there's some... Oh, I liked how... Um, just... The scene that I thought that like looked kind of crappy was when they were down on the planet, like in that room. <laughs> um, but that's beside the point. But I liked that scene where the door kept opening and changing. You know, oh, to different places. To different places. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And that I was liked, really cool. I liked how after Data got zapped, and you know they figured out their you know plan. Worf like hoisted him up. You know. And like carried him through, but before he did that, Warp was like, you know, Captain McCarr was like, "Oh, just take the take the doorway." And Warp right. was like, "Oh, we don't even know if that's real, you know." Like, <laughs> and Picard was, said something like, uh, "Well, this will be our first test," you know. And Warp was all, was just was just like, "Yeah, all right," you know, like, "Let's do it," you know. I, thought I mean, was it's cool. better than yeah, it's better than blowing up on the. On the, on the planet. Although Worf wouldn't mind. He'd be yeah. like, 
today is, is a, a good day, day to die. It's <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um, oh, wait, and then what? at the end, when he got transported from the Romulan ship, mm-hmm. and like Riker and O'Brien were sitting in transfer reporter room four or whatever three whatever. oh yeah and picard's yeah. like picard's totally like oh yeah it looks like you guys were just having a routine old time right. i was on this adventure you know <laughs> it's like they're all like what um that was really funny i like that they ended the episode with that kind of humorous yeah, it was like kind of comic relief at the humorous end tone yeah what did you think of Captain Picard's decision about not just destroying the Iconian technology so that the Romulans couldn't get their hands on it, but even destroying the tricorder so that the Federation couldn't get their hands on it? Do you think that there's knowledge that shouldn't be uh, learned? Like, is that what Captain Picard's saying, or what's going on there? I don't know. I mean, you could, impl- like, you could imply, like, the Romulan side, yeah, yeah. Because it's so close, like, what they said, like, the, whatever the name of that planet was, was, like, right on the edge of the Romulan border. Right, Iconia, yeah. You know? So, I could see him destroying the, that one last, like, doorway thing or whatever, but the tricorder, like, I don't know, I guess, you know? I guess he was trying to keep it from the Federation, but he didn't really, like say like no one should have this technology he kind of i mean he kind of he said something along the lines of like it's just too risky that this technology could get into the wrong i don't i don't necessarily think he believes that the federation or starfleet is the wrong hands Mm -hmm. maybe you know he is talking only about the romulans here but he definitely makes an active decision to prevent this knowledge from being discovered that's odd for an archaeologist because you would think like and an archaeologist would definitely want to uncover, mm-hmm. you know, the not just the the cultural parts of a society, but to discover what kind of technology they had. You know, well, I'm sure he'll write like a crazy report about <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah but I think true. when he when he had Worf destroy the tricorder, like it was, it was all right still kind of up in the air. Like they didn't even know yeah. if they were going to get off the planet or not. So it was just kind of right. like maybe like double security that the Romulans won't get any and and it is precarious up there and I guess you know that is a justified reason because well what if the Romulan ship you know managed to capture the Enterprise and then they get a hold of this uh, tricorder so yeah it's a good point yeah I guess uh, that was my only question but I feel like yeah that's a pretty good reason for him to do it but yeah it's just a shame because that's pretty wild technology that the Iconians had and it would have uh probably catapulted the federation to uh, a new uh, a new place of uh, of technological prowess <laughs> what did you think of uh captain uh, donald varley i liked him a lot i thought, I thought he was, he was interesting pretty, i thought he was pretty smooth looking when he first showed up i'm like oh man this guy's mr smooth what do you like mean the actor, like, like i thought he was just looking all like like a g you know like, he was like <laughs> oh what up you know like <laughs> I thought he was like, I, you know, I, I definitely thought he was kind of grumpy uh, is the way that I saw him because he seemed so frustrated from the uh, like the ship problems. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I guess he was kind of, you know, he he's he would be smooth because Captain Picard's a pretty smooth character. And like, I think that, you know, they both graduated from the same class, roughly They're friends from like you know, the Academy days and stuff like that. So I imagine they're all very similar. It's like, it's like meeting one of Captain Kirk's uh, friends, you know, who right. captained another ship. I imagine that they're all like 
really iconic kind of characters. I did like uh, Captain Varley because we also met like in a, in the previous season in uh, the episode Conspiracy. We met like what was it like another um, I can't remember his name now, but another captain that uh, Jean Luc was friends with, and he was actually friends with like Jack Crusher. Mm-hmm. And it kind of reminds me of like this is kind of weird, but like you know how in Harry Potter, there's like definitely a squad of people. Like you have your right, you like know, your, you have, your, your crew, your clique, your crew or whatever. So yeah. it's like Captain Picard's crew so far is pretty badass. I'm not gonna dispute that. You're absolutely right. So I imagine they're all like you know, I, I'm I suck at slang, but I imagine that they're all <laughs> G's. I imagine that all of them are G's and that they're uh, they're like completely badass and you wouldn't want to mess with a fleet um, (laughs) of Captain Picard's crew, although they're all dead now. Uh. They all seem to be dying. (laughs) So I don't know what that says. I think he still keeps meeting old old friends. I don't think he ever stops running into old people. No, he does meet a lot of old friends, but like it's just weird that a lot of uh, a few of his friends are like some of the 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 coolest ones or other captains i should say right. all end up dead somehow hmm <laughs> cool that's a good point um and i thought that the yamato it would have been interesting um to see how it was different because the bridge was different it would have been neat to have had a scene maybe where you go aboard and and captain picard talks to captain varley in person that would have been great but obviously the budget didn't allow for it, so they had right. to do everything over the, you know, tran- you know, they like accelerated the plot so that you couldn't have a scene like that. So I still was satisfied with it. I liked it. <laughs> um, so it's, I guess, let's go ahead and rate the episode. What is now, it, I'm going to give it, it point system. It's ten points. Ten, ten points. points. Okay. We we switched somewhere along season one, oh, yeah. from five to ten points. So I'm gonna give this one. I I really really liked it. So I'm gonna give this one an eight eight points out of ten. That's pretty good. I like. I like it. I'll say. Seven. Seven. Cool. Yeah, like not it's far, not not far bad, behind. But it's yeah. not like the greatest. But the greatest. Decent, <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I didn't remember it, but I remembered it, if that makes sense. Like, when, yeah, no. when, you, when you told me the episode, I was like, what the episode is that? Whatever. But then when I saw, like, the situation they were in with the Romulan ship, I'm like, oh, they're not going to be able to cloak. Like, I remember this, you know, like. Yeah, so it's totally. actually, like, it has interesting, like, cool little aspects in it that obviously stick in your brain, but. I remembered the virus thing and the Iconian thing as two separate episodes. Hmm. So it was kind of cool to watch it and then be like, oh, that was the same episode. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, <laughs> unless there's another episode in the future where the Enterprise gets a virus again. But I know that the computer goes through some other fun things later on um, in the seasons to come. But I can't remember specifically. I just kind of have these vague remembrances or recollections. Um, I thought like thinking about it, it just kind of occurred to me. Um, there was that episode with the Takan empire in season one. Remember with the, the Takan kind of, um, when it was the first episode with the Ferengis and it was kind of an interestingly similar, not, not exactly similar, but somewhat similar thing where like this planet had like an advanced long extinct, mm-hmm. you know, um, remnant of a long extinct uh empire called the Takan empire right and remember their their like guardian 
was this like hologram or whatever that like has been active for like thousands of, you know, thousands and thousands of years. Mm -hmm. And remember like he's holding the Ferengi ship and the enterprise in the planet's orbit and it's draining their, the crystals from the planet are draining the power from the two ships. Mm -hmm. So, you know, similar, I guess, what are those called? Tropes? Yeah. Similar. Yeah. Similar kind of tropes going on, but you know, different enough where I was like, okay, I'm satisfied. (laughs) I mean, the there's thing. definitely, you run into ancient, advanced technological civilizations in Star Trek universe, like, not as often as the holodeck goes awry, but, like, you know, But it makes, enough. it makes, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, like, you know, archaeology, space archaeology must be really, 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 really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like that we get a little bit of the, uh, the adventures of, like, different space archaeologists <laughs> throughout Star Trek The Next Generation, just because Captain Picard happens to have that as one of his interests. Right. So I like that, too. Excellent. Well, I really enjoyed our discussion. I thank yeah. you for joining me this evening, Mr. Yeah. Sater. Lots of fun. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to sign us off in just a second, but I want to say... Live long and prosper to you. Live long and prosper.